Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Grassroots Army Podcast. Of course, I am your host, former Michigan gubernatorial candidate Garrett Soldano, and I have a great show for all of you here today. Not only are we going to talk about, and I think I'm going to butcher this name, but I think it's called either Aseo or Aseo Area Schools in Minnesota, how some parents who got a letter from a teacher exposing grooming indoctrination training that is happening. And folks, this is happening all throughout the country. Don't think that just because you think it's not happening in your community, it probably is. And so this is a pretty powerful six-minute video that we're going to show from a letter of a teacher who is very upset that she is being forced to do these things to our kids. And that's what's happening, unfortunately, in our public school systems right now is they continue to push this progressive left, this Marxist agenda that's ripping our country and continually, continuing to fuel the mental health crisis in these children. That is for sure. The second thing that we're going to talk about is a Robert Kennedy Jr. interview. I think it's very important for you guys to listen to what he has to say, and we're going to analyze that interview. And we're going to see, which is mind-boggling to me, how far away him and President Biden are. Robert Kennedy is nowhere close in the polls to Joe Biden, but this just proves how far left, unfortunately, the Democratic Party has gone. That is for sure. And so we're going to break that down too. So um, also in the description, there are, are all of our other platforms, excuse me, that you can follow. We're on Twitter, Grassroot Army. We're on Instagram. YouTube channel continues to blow up. We're over 200,000 now. Our Garrett from Michigan platform is also blowing up. So if you guys are on any of those other platforms, make sure that you're following us and subscribing because we do tend to get censored for some of the material that we're pushing. But my job is to continue to bring you up-to-date, accurate, and truthful information. So let's get right into Aseo Area Schools. Here we go. I am a resident of Maple Grove, and I'm sharing a letter on behalf of an Aseo Schools elementary staff member. This spring, I was required to attend a department training called Creating Gender Inclusive Schools. The training began with a statement made by a staff member that included the statement, no matter what the pushback, we are not going back regarding the gender inclusion approach in our district. Some of the things that were presented by the Welcoming Schools group included the following. We were instructed to discuss our definition of gender. I immediately felt uncomfortable because I had a feeling that if I gave the definition of gender that I agree with, I would be labeled as judgmental because the first agreement given for the meeting that night was to replace judgment with curiosity. There would be no time for me to explain further that I care about everyone, even when I disagree with their belief system. We were given the definition of gender according to this speaker. Gender is determined by time and space, boy, girl, a blend of both, or neither none of which were based on biology. A statement was also made that because of white supremacy, gender expansiveness has been suppressed. But now, because of the media, students feel free to express themselves. Hearing the mindset that exists at the upper level of our school district showed me that as a staff member, I am being pressured to teach concepts in direct conflict with my beliefs, which are not in alignment with that perspective of gender. Most concerning from this presentation was the depiction of a gender snow person. The head represents gender identity, what you know yourself to be. The middle represents sexual orientation, whom you love or are attracted to. The speaker said that for our youngest learners, 
we can use the words romantically attracted to if the word sexual is going to be a problem. And that even preschoolers know the difference between love for a mom or dad and love for someone else. The bottom of the snow person represents the sex assigned at birth, boy, girl, or intersex. It was stated that all of these are non-binary. He also said, yes, we are going to talk about this with young students. This is disturbing to be talking about romantic relationships with kids who are as young as preschool, not what the schools are intended for. The next topic was pronouns. The presenter started by telling us that some people are now using all the pronouns. We were told that this is not a big deal, that students feel safer at school than at home. He referenced a Google form that students could complete where they would indicate the pronouns and name that they want to be called at school and the pronoun or name to use with their parents. Is this allowed without parents' knowledge? Regardless, is it now our job to keep secrets? Why are we undermining the family and the influence of parents and or guardians? Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. My name is John Gap, and I'm a Maple Grove resident and an Osseo school dad, sharing the second half of the letter previously read from a district member. We were told that using our pronouns makes us a safe person, and we should ask, what pronouns do you use? What happens if, as a staff member, choose not to include my pronouns in email or introductions, or do not agree with asking students this question? We were told we need to become fluent in, the, in speaking the language of talking about kids of all genders, because here in our school, everyone gets to tell their own story. Is this really true? Do we all get to tell our story? Do I have the freedom to, without repercussions to discuss my personal views with students and staff in the school? I don't think so. I wonder about the people we serve in our schools who hold non-judgment care and concern for all people, yet will not affirm these beliefs. I wonder how many students will feel like I do, uncomfortable speaking up because our views of gender and sexuality do not fit this new definition. As a staff member, I am being told that if we do not affirm these choices, we are labeled as hateful and judgmental. This presentation truly impacted me in a negative way. Not only does the con content come into direct conflict with my personal beliefs, but I am also concerned about the damage it will have on children in our schools. What about the families trust in us when they send their kids to school? In my opinion, elementary teachers should model and teach what it means to be respectful, kind, a good student, and a good friend. We should teach how to get along with one another and work together as a team. We care deeply about the well-being of each and every student and are tasked with teaching a solid foundation of reading, writing, and math. It is a complex job that does not need the added burden of discussing gender and sexual identity. In addition, why should children be exposed to these ideas at a young age from someone other than their parents? Even our family life curriculum has an opt-out option 
Where's the opt-out option for the items described in the LGBTQIA plus history and culture resolution? I am baffled why Osseo area district or Osseo area schools is putting significant time and resources into this topic. Approximately 50% of our students are not proficient in reading and the same is true for math. Our focus should be on improving instruction so that each and every student leaves our schools with reading, writing, and math skills they need to achieve their dreams. District leaders should be looking closely at the schools where our students are making aggressive growth in these areas and spend time and energy and money necessary to further these efforts rather than planning the next move to spread LGBTQIA plus messages. Thank you. Well, that teacher sounded like they had unbelievably great common sense and everything that that person wrote in that letter is spot on. My goodness gracious. And that is why I'm hoping, the reason I'm sharing these types of videos, and I'm hoping this, this inspires more teachers. You don't have to take this garbage. If this is going against your belief system, I don't care how many of your other colleagues, you need to stand up for the sake of our children because our children are not thriving. Well, the ones in the public schools, the majority of them are not thriving in the public schools, folks. So you got in the teacher because you love children. You want the best for these children. So you have to honestly look at yourself in the mirror and saying, hey, you know what? This, this new cult, this religion, the pronoun posse is destroying these kids. We need to stand up for them and do what's right. Get back to the basics, math, science, reading, the history, you know, everything that we've said time and time again. But Teachers, stand up. Come out. I don't care. I know that it's scary. I know that you're afraid of the teachers union and what will happen to you, but you have to do what's right. That is the big thing. That's how we move this country forward. And I'm telling you what right now, courage is contagious. The power of one can lead to the power of many. You never know what small act that you may say or do, a letter that you may write, the ones that these parents were reading, that may literally change the lives of millions tomorrow. That's how powerful you are. So stand up and do what's right, especially for the sake of our children and our grandchildren and our future generations, that's for sure. So I want to move on to Robert Kennedy Jr. I've been watching Robert Kennedy Jr. for actually for a very long time because he's been a very, very strong advocate for medical freedom for a very long time. But he was on an interview and he has a lot of great things to say. And even President Trump has been on record saying that he is a um, smart guy, a common sense guy, and he was asked some questions. So we're going to listen to this interview, which I think is very important for all of you to hear, which is, like I said just before, I still can't believe he's not closer to President Biden in the polls because the guy just speaks like uh, so common sense. You know, he, he truly does. But this just, again, shows us how progressively left the Democratic Party has become. So let's listen into this interview and then we're going to analyze it. You're a Democrat. Um, but you're getting a lot of support from a, a lot of leading voices on the right, like Steve Bannon, Tucker Carlson, Alex Jones, former President Donald Trump. Many Democrats fear that you're a spoiler in the race, that you will damage President Biden in the primary and grease the skids for former President Trump to return to the Oval Office. This week, former President Trump said about you, Kennedy is smart and he's a common sense guy. What kind of man do you think Donald Trump is? Well, you know, here's what I'm not going to do in this race. I'm not going to attack other people per personally. 
I don't think it's good for our country. And I think, you know, what I'm trying to do in this race is bring people together, is to try to bridge the divide between Americans. And guess what? The, you know, when my dad died and we took this train ride from, you know, this seven and a half hour train ride that was supposed to be two hours. I brought his, I was with him when he died in Los Angeles. And then we brought his body from, uh, from New York, Penn Station to Union Station and Washington, D.C. And there were, there were, it was a two and a half hour ride, but it took seven and a half hours because there were two and a half million people on that train track. And, and it was the cross section American, all of the major urban stations in Trenton, Newark, uh, uh, Wilmington and Baltimore. There were black Americans singing Battle Hymn of the Republic. There were whites on the, in the rural areas who love, who are holding up signs. Goodbye, Bobby. Pray for us, Bobby. American flag standing, saluting four years later. And they had supported my father in the primaries in 1968. Four years later in 1972, they were not supporting my father and they were not support, they were not supporting George McGovern, who was aligned with my father on all these issues. Instead, the vast majority of them were supporting George Wallace. And, you know, there, my father was able to harness these populist energies. In the last day of his life, he won the most rural state in this country, South Dakota, and the most urban. He was able to bridge the divide among people who would otherwise be Republican, but wanted somebody who was common sense, who was able to appeal to their idealism, who was able to find the hero in each of them, who was able to get them to transcend narrow self-interest and see themselves as part of a community and part of this, you know, incredible American adventure in, in modeling self-governance for the rest of the world. And so I'm proud that President Trump likes me, even though I don't agree with him on most of his issues, I'm, because I don't want to alienate people. I want to bring people together. I'm proud that all these people like me and that I have independent supporters and Democratic supporters and that I'm able to bring a lot of people. You know, every Democrat says, I want to end the polarization. But how do you do that without talking to people who don't agree with you? How do you do that without appealing to people? Without the per My purpose is to find the issues, the values that we have in common, rather than, you know, focus on the issues and the personalities but, that keep us all apart. Uh Pretty great speech. Pretty great interview. Um, I, I want to point out some things that I, I do like how he's more unifying, which, you know, going through politics and running for office, you hear a lot of the people just telling everybody what they want to hear. You know, that, that's unfortunate with politicians. That's what makes them politicians, right? They have a lot of lip service. But can you follow through when times are rough? One thing I like about Robert Kennedy is he has been a very strong advocate for medical freedom over the past two decades. And he's been willing to put himself out there, even with this campaign, you know, politically, you know, it probably would have served him best if he would have been a little bit more quiet with some of his beliefs with medical freedom, because big pharma will come and try to squash you like a bug. Uh, but he has been very vocal about it and he continues to push it, which I think is fantastic. It, it really is a direct reflection of the type of character and integrity that he has. But he says that, you know, he obviously said he agreed with, um, a, well, he said, excuse me, that he doesn't agree with most of President Trump's issues and policies. And so I said, OK, so where do they differ? That's where I wanted to find out. And there's not a lot of areas that they kind of differ on. Okay. Usually it's like 
black and white on issues like one's pro-choice, one's pro-life. And so that's easy. But I want to break down some of the things that he is for and, and against. So let's go through the vaccine issue. Um, he wants to mandate pre-licensing safety trials for vaccines and allow parents to make up their minds on whether or not they want to use vaccines for their children. So he's about medical freedom, which is great. Um, and even President Trump during his speech last week stated, or this past Sunday stated that he wants to you know, start a presidential committee to really look into the, the pharmaceutical industry and the vaccines and why these kids are really, really sick. They're sicker now than they were before allergies, autoimmune disorders, so forth. And the, one of the common uh, denominators on why is not only with nutrition and environmental and stuff like that, but also with the number of vaccines that these kids are getting now that they weren't getting back in the 80s and early 90s. So he is for medical freedom. So is President Trump. So they don't differ on that. What about foreign policy? You know, he has stated that he has made peace a priority. President Trump is one of the few presidents who did not get us into a war, by the way. Um, and when it comes to foreign policy, he wants to end proxy wars, bombing campaigns, covert operations, coups, paramilitaries, and everything else that has become so normal that most people don't even know that this is happening. He specifically vowed to end the war in Ukraine. That sounds familiar. President Trump also stated that he would end it in 24 hours. His plan to stop the fighting includes offering to withdraw U.S. troops and missiles from Russia's borders and convince Russia to withdraw its troops in Ukraine. In Ukraine. So we'll see if that happens. But he also stated that he's not a big fan of Trump's or his border wall. Robert Kennedy stated this. And after speaking with officers, because just recently he went down the border and saw the clown show that the border is, he said that physical barriers are necessary in some areas with high density populations and advocated doing more to keep migrants and U.S. citizens safe from cartels. Common sense. OK, so he's a little wishy washy on that. To me, build a damn wall and have entrances all along that wall for people to come in here legally would be the common sense thing to do. The economy. He has stated that he will enact policies to favor small and medium businesses and break up the too big to fail banks and monopolies, which is always good. He also believes healthcare is a key economic issue and has vowed to make existing services available to all. Sounds like socialized medicine to me, which is not good, including alternative and holistic therapies that have been marginalized in pharma dominated system, which as a chiropractor, I experienced this firsthand. I do like that he's going to include alternative and holistic therapies. That's good. Okay. Transgender athletes. President Trump has went on record saying that he will ban it. And lo and behold, Kennedy is opposed to transgender athletes competing in sports outside of the sex they were assigned at birth. So again, that's where they agree. But he stated that he disagrees with a lot of Trump's policies and issues. And gun control. Kennedy said during a town hall that he believes in gun control but won't take people's guns away. I'm not going to take people's guns away, and I believe in gun control myself. So again, that sounds very similar similar to President Trump because President Trump was for red flag laws, folks. He was. And it seems like Kennedy is also, but they promised not to take their guns away. And I've been very vocal against red flag laws because it's a slippery slope for the government to come in because anybody can basically turn you in and call you a radical extremist 
and they could come take your guns away. But then you get your day in court, right? And then you get in front of one of these liberal judges that don't rule on the Constitution. They rule on their own political beliefs. And then your Second Amendment gets taken away because the red flag laws is a very slippery, slippery slope. That's why I am against them. Obviously, I am for keeping guns out of criminals' hands, keeping guns out of people who are going to do damage to themselves, the mental health, right? All these things, but it has to do, it has to has to be with common sense. And that is a very hard, hard thing to do because who determines who is mentally stable and unstable or unstable, excuse me. I don't know, but those conversations need to happen. That is for gosh darn sure. But, um, but it seems like they are agreeing on a lot of the policy and issues and they're not so far apart, but I posted this the other day. You want to implode the progressive left, do a Donald Trump and Robert Kennedy tickets. That would be interesting. I don't think that's going to happen. I think President Trump will probably bring on Kerry Lake, possibly. Um, a lot of people are talking about that. But I still believe that President Biden is not going to make this presidential run. I really feel that with the stuff that's coming out with Hunter Biden and with all the backdoor business dealings, you know, they can't run away no matter how much the corporate media is trying not to shine a light in the situation. It's out there. There's evidence. Um, and it doesn't look good for the president and his mental um, health continues to diminish, unfortunately. I don't wish that upon anyone, but he is starting to really, really show his age. And so to see someone, um, regardless of political affiliation or what party you're affiliated with, you have to make sure that they're able to lead the country over the next four to five years. And President Biden is not that guy. So I really feel that they are um, grooming Newsom right now to take the reins. So we'll see. And we can all see what old Gavin has done for California California is a dumpster fire. It has been for a very long time, especially underneath his watch. Um, so we're going to see. Tell you what, there's nonstop content, and I will continue to do my part to keep you guys updated with accurate and truthful information as we continue to try to bring down the clown show that our nation has become. So until next time, folks, have a fantastic day. God bless you. God bless the state of Michigan, of course, and always God bless these United States. I'll talk to you all soon. Bye-bye.